Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Welcome to our online service today. I'm Lee Gatiss, I'm the Director of Church Society and we're coming to you today from Christchurch here in Cambridge. We're just starting to tentatively reopen our church building, as many of us are. It's a strange time, a mixture of joy and nervousness. Many of us are also nervous about A-level results coming out this week. I'm here with my family, Kerry, Joshua, Cara and Lucy, who will be joining in with us with our prayers. We'll also be having two readings from uh, two ordinands training for ministry. My friends Gideon Emmanuel from Oak Hill Theological College in London and Niv Lobo from Wycliffe Hall in Oxford. We're also uh, blessed to have Liv Chapman from Emu Music who will be singing a song for us by the 18th century hymn writer Augustus Montague Toplady who died this August week in 1778. My colleague Dr Ros Clark will be leading us in prayer. Uh, she's the course leader of the Priscilla programme, an online training course for women. So let's commit our time to the Lord. Lord, direct our thoughts and teach us to pray. Lift up our hearts to worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness, opened my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart.
The letter to the Romans, which we've been reading over the last few Sundays, is a great leveller. It says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Regardless of who we are or where we come from, the same God made us all. And regardless of our ethnic background, our class or our wealth, we have all fallen short of what God intended. We have not loved God with all our hearts. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. So let us turn away from our sins and turn to Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. The Bible says there's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. He forgives all who truly repent of their sins and turn to him. So, may the God of love and power forgive us and free us from our sins. Enable us by his Spirit to walk the way of Jesus and lead us safely through all the difficulties of this life. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.
reading from the letter to the Romans, chapter 10, verses 5 to 15. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them, but the righteous that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How, then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Late that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, 
he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You've little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what our reading from Romans chapter 10 says. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. To help us see what that means, though, let's go back to our gospel reading first. Do you remember Jesus is walking on the lake? He's literally walking on the water towards his disciples who are being buffeted by the wind and the waves in their little boat. That must have been quite scary for them, don't you think? I mean, I get quite scared when there's just a little bit of turbulence on an aeroplane, so I can only imagine what it must have been like for them. But the first thing that Jesus says to them is, don't worry, don't panic, take courage. It's me, don't be afraid. Of course, Peter was the most uh, fearless of them all, it seems, and he's soon out of the boat and walking on the water as well because Jesus made it so. But then he loses his courage. Why? Why does he lose his courage? Well, because he stops looking at Jesus. He gets anxious about the wind and the waves instead, and he calls out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him. He's safe because Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, in this letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul is explaining something to his friends in Rome. See, some people are not very happy with him. They're particularly not very happy with him that he's always trying to tell people about Jesus, and particularly that he's always busy telling Gentiles about Jesus. See, there was a huge divide in that society between Jews and Gentiles. Neither side liked each other very much. But Paul is trying to break down that wall of hostility through his preaching of the good news. And here in Romans chapter 10, I think he's showing us why that has always been God's plan. He's not being disloyal to his own people by trying to reach out to others, because that is what the Old Testament always told us we should do. But first, there's this contrast in verse 5. He says, Moses writes about this righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. He's talking about the Old Testament law, the do's and don'ts of religion, the Ten Commandments. If you do this, you'll be righteous, you'll be accepted. 
Some people had made it about who's part of the in crowd, who's one of us. Like today, there are always campaigns and slogans, badges and flags for us to signal our virtue on the issues of the day, to show that we're on the right side of things. If we don't do that thing, we're meant to feel ashamed of ourselves, guilty. Maybe we're meant to feel fearful of reprisals, of being tarred with a negative label or being left out. And we can make ourselves righteous again by doing whatever the latest campaign says it is that we're supposed to do. But Paul contrasts that righteousness that is by law with the way of Jesus, as it was announced beforehand already in the Old Testament. He says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's about faith in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about following and obeying him as our master, our Lord. Because scripture always said it would be so. It says, verse 11, that anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. That's a quote from Isaiah the prophet. You may find a note saying that in your Bible. And scripture also says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, that's a quote from the prophet Joel. So Paul is contrasting legal religion and worldly morality with the way of Jesus. To deal with shame and guilt and to know what right and wrong really are, we must follow not Twitter, not Instagram, not a political party or the latest campaign. We must follow and trust in the Lord Jesus. And that means that nobody needs to be excluded. At the moment in our culture, many people are worried about inclusion and diversity. And that's okay. Jesus created those things. And so they're good things to be concerned about. But the way to have true inclusion, the way to have real diversity, is not by laying down a law, it's by Jesus laying down his life for us and calling us to tread the sacred way that Jesus watered with his blood. This really is a gospel a piece of beautiful, lovely, good news. Because the way of Jesus, it's not about purging ourselves of guilt and shame or somehow trying to earn God's favour. We can't. I find it impossible to always do and say the right things. And the good news is Jesus has done everything necessary. All we need to do is call out Lord, save me. The way of Jesus, it's not about shaming others into compliance 
by exposing them and no-platforming them or trolling them on Twitter until they give in to your demands. No, the gospel is about Jesus carrying our sorrows and bearing our guilt and our shame. He lived the life I could not live and died the death that I deserve. I can never be good enough. Romans says there's no one righteous, no, not even one. We deserve only the wind and waves of God's perfect judgment. But God is merciful and kind. So whoever we are, wherever we're from, whatever we've done, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's not panic. Let's not panic. Whatever is happening all around you, instead, let's turn from our sin and call out to him, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And he will immediately reach out and catch you. He is the only one to turn to now, through all of life's storms and in the hour of our death. He is our cornerstone, our solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. Let's do something revolutionary. Let's join together with Christians around the world and throughout history 
to declare our faith in the words of the Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you that you are sovereign Lord over all creation, that the whole earth is yours and is under your tender care. We thank you for the many ways we see and experience your gracious provision for us, in the sun that shines and the rain which falls, in the food we eat and the beauty we enjoy. More than anything, we praise and thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to seek and to save the lost, who cares for us as the great shepherd of his sheep. In his name we praise you. Amen. The Lord Jesus warned his disciples that following him would be costly, that it would lead to persecutions and hardships. And so now we pray for our brothers and sisters in parts of the world who are experiencing those persecutions in far greater measure than most of us. We pray in particular for the church in China, forged through the fire of persecution and now facing a new wave of attack. We pray for Christian parents there who are afraid that their children may be forcibly removed from them by the authorities. Please give them courage to hold on to Christ. Please grant those families your protection. And Father, we pray for an end to all religious persecution in China, thinking especially of the Uyghur Muslims, those forcibly detained under harsh conditions in re-education camps in northern China. We pray for gospel transformation to bring justice, peace and freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues to spread around the world, we pray not only for our own communities, but also for those facing this disease without the benefit of good accessible health care. Heavenly Father, our ever-present help in trouble, our fortress and our God, calm the anxious fears of all who turn to you. Give strength and healing to those who are sick, courage and skill to those who care for them. Grant wisdom and clarity to those in authority and humble us all to call upon you that we may be saved not only in this life, but also for that which is to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, we give you thanks for this technology which enables us to meet together this morning 
and which has been such a great blessing to so many congregations over the past few months. We thank you especially for the way that online gatherings allow many of those who are not normally able to be present in offline church services to be part of the body. We pray that those improvements in accessibility will not be lost as buildings are opening up again, that those who've too often been overlooked in the past will now be recognised as valued members of our churches. Please grant wisdom to our bishops, ministers and all in authority as they seek to lead your church, that they may take forward the lessons that have been learned during lockdown, that this hardship and suffering may prove to be the basis of a new season of flourishing and fruitfulness in your church. Pray it for Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so now we join together in saying the prayer that our Saviour himself taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. And thank you to all who've played a part in putting this service together today for us. I hope you'll be able to enjoy the goodness of God in this coming week, perhaps some August sunshine. And remember, the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let us pray. Gracious Father, revive your church in our day and make her holy, strong and faithful. For your glory's sake, in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Amen.